2: To the Black Guy Who Tips Podcast. I listen because Rod and Karen are hot. Mm. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Black Guy Who Tips Podcast. I am your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host, Karen. And we are live on a Wednesday no, Tuesday? What it? We- Wednesday. Wednesday. We're live <laughs> we on a Wednesday. Days of the week. <laughs> we had M.O.K. Day off, guys. I'm I'm one day off, okay? Right? Uh we're live on a Wednesday um and we're not alone we have a very special guest uh first time being on the program but Mm -hmm. if you've been on the internet you probably already heard of him yes uh today's guest is media personality influencer entrepreneur and author of the brand new book get the fuck out of your own way a guide to letting go of the shit that's holding you back on
0: sale right now wherever you get books it's mj harris what's going on i am happy to be here i'm actually in bangkok right now visiting with one of my Nephew, son so it's nighttime in here it's like what time is it it is five o'clock in the morning what um, here Ooh. oh my god uh first of all thank you for being here thank you baby i don't do anything
2: at five in the morning <laughs> <laughs> oh wow um so like you're in bangkok uh karen was telling me earlier you, you went to Africa you living in africa now like uh, what, what's going on with all this globe trotting and like how, how'd you get into that
0: you know, I was never a big traveler. I didn't have the money to travel when I was growing up or anything like that. And then once I started working, I was more focused on just making enough money to pay back my student loans and pay my bills. So traveling wasn't a priority to me. Mm-hmm. And then once um, you know COVID hit and everything like that, and I was stuck in the house with no choice of going anywhere, right. I started to think about, do I really want to just, when the world opens up, what do I want to do? You know, you fan size, about all the stuff you're going to do. Right. And I lived in California. It was so expensive. Inflation was happening. It was like, yes. I want a lower cost to live in. All mm-hmm. the stuff that was happening around race. I was like, I wouldn't mind living someplace where my brown skin is treated a little bit nicer mm-hmm. every now and then. And so that led me to watching all these YouTube videos about different places that you could live in the world. Like, where could you live for under $1,500 a month? I, just, I was going, like, Oh, that looks fun. That seems nice. Mm-hmm. And it led me down this path of exploring options, which led me to initially Indonesia. I lived in Bali for six months. Um, And then um, I made South Africa my home after that, which is, you know, where I live. I live in uh, Mm -hmm. South Africa.
1: Yeah. and, And I think for me, I took a trip to Jamaica, a week long trip to Jamaica. And for the, and I tell people for the first time ever, I, we went days literally without seeing a white person. And, it it, it, it'll throw you off like particularly when you live somewhere the white country of America it's it's odd to be somewhere and and you're not you're the majority and not the minority and Mm -hmm. I for the first time in my life not that I would do it but I was like this is why people move to places that are brown. This is why people move to places where people look like them. So you could just walk and you could just be, and you could just exist. Not that, yeah. you know, racism and things, interpersonal they don't happen, but, but, but the mind frame is a little different if you don't have that worry kind of around you all the time.
0: What, yeah, you know, for me, I lived in the suburbs of LA um, and then we lived in the neighborhood, maybe about 20 different houses in the neighborhood, and we were the only house that was any form of a minority, right? Damn. You know, doesn't matter, just we were the only minority um, there. And I remember with my nephews, who I raised as my sons, you know, I would not let them go out and jog with a hoodie on if it was dark out. I would make them if you went if you went to go you know to like because like a little community basketball court. If you want to go down there, take the dog. Max, his big old pit bull. Somebody, nobody's gonna fuck with you if the dog is there. Mm-hmm. And I had to train them about when you're driving, keep your um, was it keep your wallet on the dashboard because if you right. pulled over, you can just grab it easily. And so all these different things that were such a norm to me mm-hmm. growing up, and I'm like, I'm instilling. A, I'm taking generational trauma and passing it on to them. Right. And so for me, I started thinking about, you know, where could be a location that they could experience where, yes, they'll deal with the normal challenges of growing up, just growing into adulthood. That's a challenging experience. But can we at least remove one of those challenges? Yes. And um, that's what I've experienced by living um, in South Africa.
2: Yeah, and I know, like, South Africa has its own, like, racial history and whatnot, um, although they had a much better reckoning than America did, you know, <laughs> like, at least they had, like, some some meetings, you know, our stuff is still, like, Some acknowledgement that, hey, yeah. we, we we kind of messed up a little bit, you know. Yeah, they always putting our shit on the agenda, like, oh, uh, we going to get to it, the next president, we are going to get to it, we got y'all, though. Um, but, yeah, I have never thought about that, of just, like, living in a world where you don't have to give, like, your kid the talk. You know, because I feel like in America, I mean, you Better. almost feel irresponsible as a black parent to not give them the talk. And then you also feel like pressure of like, I don't want to ruin your childhood. Right. Uh and living somewhere else, maybe you don't have to worry about that
0: pressure. I could, that that has to feel very freeing. It is really nice. You know, so um when I when I'm in when I'm at home in South Africa, people ask me all the time, why'd you move here? And I say, well, you know, I just, I like it here. I like the quality of life, I like the cost of living. I say, and also um, as a black person, I do feel safer sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they say, really? And the, the number one response I hear consistently, are they still doing that stuff in America around race? And I was like, well, it can happen. You yeah. know, they said, so that stuff we see online is real. They're in disbelief right. of the same experience. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, I say, well, what you see online is just what was filmed. Their experiences Correct. that people have every day never make it on camera. And so, you know, they don't, but they don't understand that because in a lot of cases they see, they believe that we've transcended a lot of these Uh, things and that's just not the case in some cases.
2: Yeah, it's interesting too, because like, uh, I feel like racism is probably America's number one export. So I, it, it's like it's interesting to see the disconnect because, you know, obviously they're getting the propaganda from America. That's like, no, we had a black president. It's cool, guys. Mm-hmm. We solved everything. But, yeah, I feel like, you know, with George Floyd and, and that being becoming like an international thing, you had people protesting in countries that weren't even American and stuff. Um, and then also I feel like white people have been telling us to go back to Africa for so long that it's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, I, they should be expecting us to arrive. That's all I'm saying. They should some, they should be like, oh, okay, we already know what it is. Your house is
0: over here. We got, we got y'all, we got your Airbnb. Um, <laughs> but you know, there are a lot of white people in South Africa, like especially in Cape Town. Um, there's a lot of them. I think that's one of the things that shocks a lot of people when they come there is they think, they're like, this doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. Mm. It's very modern. But also, there, it's very, very racially diverse. You know, there are times where, depending on where I'm at, I could be in a space, and I may be the only black person there, then there are spaces where it's all black people. Right. So South Africa reminds me of America from that perspective mm. that it's extremely diverse, yeah. extremely diverse.
2: Um, is it also, uh, you were talking about the cost of living. Is it, like, do you feel like you're balling over there, or you just feel like, cool, I can survive finally?
0: Well, you know, for me, I feel like it depends, right? Because it's just like America, you know, someone who's living in, say, Montgomery, Alabama, has a very different living experience in terms of cost living compared to someone who's living in the suburbs of LA, right? So same in South Africa. It depends on where you choose to stay. Mm-hmm. I will say that for me, I feel like my money goes further there. Um, my nephews who are, you know, one is 21 and the other one is 20. You know, they both sell insurance as a way to support themselves. And they feel like, you know, they, they both told me when we moved, there, like, well, this is really nice, you know. Um, and Uber is only $3 compared to in America where it have been $10, depending on yeah. where they were going. So I don't know that I'm going to say I feel like I'm living like a king or something like right. that there. But I do definitely feel like my money goes further. And another thing is I have the peace of mind to be able to say no sometimes. Mm. I felt like in a lot of cases before I moved, I would say yes to every little opportunity because although I make a quote unquote good living, I also take care of people in my house, out of my house. My business got bills. And if you're a business owner, the money goes up, down, up, down. And so there were times where for months and months at a time, I couldn't save a penny, you know, because I got to take care of everybody and everything. And so to me, I was, I finally been in a position in my life where if I want to say, no, I don't want to take on that opportunity. I can afford to say no because my living expenses are far more manageable
1: now. Yes, I'll tell you. How do you deal with, when you go to other parts of the world, language barriers? Because I know for a lot of people that can be a big thing. They go, I'm not going nowhere and I don't understand the language.
0: <laughs> I'm dealing with that right now. So I'm visiting with my nephew and he is... The, he is very calm. He doesn't party, doesn't drink, doesn't do anything like that. And so he chose to live in a distant, distant suburb of Bangkok mm-hmm. where nothing is in English. No one speaks English. The the menus, even when you go into the apps to order food, we use an app called Grab here. It's like Uber Eats, mm-hmm. but nothing is in English. And so I am continuously like, I don't know what to do, you know, so <laughs> I don't know what to do. I just try to guess at what the food is. And so um, for me, Google Translate helps a lot, okay, you know, because you can sense. speak it and read it out. And so that helps a great deal. Um, and what i found is that for the most part, people are very accommodating and try to help you. You know, right. pointing and gesturing can take you really far. Mm-hmm. So um, it's not as challenging as you would think, but I'm not going to say that it's easy either. Mm. And then also... Um... You've been doing this for 10 years, like uh, online
2: influence, all this stuff, talking. What was the, like, how'd you get your start? What was the, like, what was the transition from, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm imagining, you know, I'm like everybody's cool friend and, that they're like, you know, oh, man, this person, you should, you should do stand up or something. And then one day you were like, actually, I am going to start doing something.
0: You know, I don't want to age myself for longer <laughs> than 10 years. Okay. I was, I've been on. Um, but I will say this, what got me started was my ex-boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, but he was in the record industry. I'm very introverted. People don't believe that because when I'm in my persona on right. camera, you know, they see something different, but I'm extremely introverted, very shy. And, um, and so with him, he was the extrovert and when we would be at home, you know, in the evening, we'd be smoking and talking and, you know, when you smoking, you get all these philosophical ideas. And then I would just talk about different ideas. I was funny. I'd tell jokes and everything. And I knew I was funny all along. So I would tell jokes to people I was around. And he said to me, he's called me Sunshine. He said, he said, Sunshine, I think you'd be real good on this thing called YouTube. And because he was in the music industry, he knew about YouTube because at the time they were putting music videos on. There. Correct. And um, I was like, what is that? He's like, it's kind of new, but just try it. Put a video on there. And I said, what would I talk about? He said, talk about, oh, talk about when we went out last night. We had gone out to some club and all the men there were DL and blah, 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 blah. So he said, tell that story, tell that story. And so I didn't have a camera stand, a ring light or anything like that. So I grabbed a lamp, put it behind my little, I had a Dell laptop well, and I put dead. it on the iron board. I had my Dell laptop and I put it on an ironing board because the ironing board was kind of, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I love with this kind of. And then filmed it with this big old shadow behind me set the lamp in front of me. And I told the story and it was funny. And so I think I got like maybe 10,000 views that first day. And I was like, wow, people are willing to watch me, mm. you know? And so that inspired me to keep going and to realize that um, he helped shape me a lot. He says, you know what you are. He says, you're funny. You're a storyteller, but you are good at advice. Mm. He says, so no matter what you do, it needs to be funny, be a story or be advice. Wow. You always keep that in mind. And I always kept that in my mind. And over the years, as we start to be able to make income through social media, when they start monetizing things, I, you know, got more structure to it. And it's, but it's really still the same brand that it was all those years ago. Wow. Funny stories or advice. That's, that's,
2: that's amazing because like when the internet and YouTube and everything was like fresh and new, right? Like uh, we started our podcast uh, 13, 14 years ago at this, at, at this point, And it was like, everything was new. There was no real structure or format. Mm -mm. People were just out here. They didn't know how to put stuff up on iTunes. We had to figure that out on our own. Like, yeah, we, like, like we really, you, like you brought up the ironing board. Mm -hmm. We used to to have a a microphone Um, that we set on the desktop speakers that we would use the desktop computer speakers. And so if we had a guest, they would basically be on Skype on the phone it's like a conference call is what the audience was hearing at the time. Yeah. So Hello. we would turn the
1: speakers in yes. so that they could hear. We and- didn't have the radio technology, mm-hmm. like
2: an NPR or anything, but we just kind of made it work. Right. But, but it's that kind of innovation though, that is, is so interesting because one black people, we be innovating. We have um, to, because <laughs> I know at that time we were definitely one of the first podcasts to have guests yes. like that weren't in the room I'm with, with us. you. Um, but also it's the fact that, um, how you said the brand hasn't changed after all those times. It's so interesting because that is what people come into the game now looking for. Like, what what is my purpose going to be? What is my structure mm-hmm. going to be? And then the hit on all three things right out the gate, like funny, boom, storytelling, boom, uh, advice, boom. And to still be able to do that. Like, are you, does it ever, is it a thing where it ever gets like, you're like, man, I, I should mix it up or I'm getting tired of it. Have you ever experimented over those years with different things?
0: Yeah, you know, I've experimented. I mean, when I started out, it was just inspirational stories. I had a couple years where my erotic storytelling did extremely well, which was very different than anything I'd ever done. I even toured with that. Wow. Um, you know, we did you know the series and everything like that. So I've experimented with different forms of storytelling, different forms of humor, different forms of inspiration. But ultimately, it was always within those three lanes. It was just the packaging or the production. I experimented with. And I think the thing for me was this, was I recognized that as a Black gay man on camera, Mm -hmm. there were only but so many spaces that people were going to be willing to advance me. And at least when I I was in LA, it was always, well, you know, we could put you in this, but do you know how to do hair? Do you know how to do makeup? Do you want to do this? you want to do that? Those are honorable things to do, but I'm not gifted in those areas. I can't give I can't do a queer eye makeover on anyone. I buy my clothes on Amazon half the time. I don't know what to tell you what to wear, you know? And so (laughs) for me, I'm just like, you know, I I realized that these are the lanes that I fit in. And I I have a belief that it's my goal to focus on what I say, find what you do best and find other people to do the rest. Mm. I found what I did best and I focus in on that.
2: That's dope. And then like, there's some benefit to it. And like, it sucked that, people weren't like able to see like okay here's your strengths look we gotta we gotta work with you we gotta put you on something but in a way it kind of creates like its own independence because you can't really depend on them to give you a space so right. you make your own space mm-hmm. and now looking around everybody wants their own space i'm you know i'm watching it's interesting being like independent media over the years because you know you pay attention to what trends and what's happening mm-hmm. you know and one of the things i'm mm-hmm. noticing now People that are working in typically um, classical media spaces, like uh, like say say you're a sports person, you work on ESPN, you're MSNBC, your broadcaster, they're all trying to get into our lane. Yes, like, all these they're people all are trying. Their they're their they're trying podcast, to find a way to be like they're
1: on YouTube pages, yeah. it, but financing it themselves. Yeah, it's interesting like, to like, watch and like finding a way to branch off because I I personally think particularly with a lot of kind of the black and the brown and the other people. I personally think that people are getting tired of hitting these ceilings. People are getting tired of they want to do these projects and they want to do things and present it on a larger platform, but it's always a wall. It's always somebody to tell you no. It's always somebody to tell you that the masses don't want to hear it. And also, I think that they see a lot of independent people making money it might not be as much, but they have freedom that they don't have. And so they, you don't got to mm. split it. Right. You ain't got to <laughs> split it. You ain't got to cut it. You know, you're your own boss, which is his own thing. But if you're willing to be your own boss, you can get the rewards that come with it, too. Everybody always talks about the downfalls, and the, which there is. Mm. But there's a lot of reward with having the ability to say, no, we're not doing that. Because I, I just
2: think people see the freedom. You know, like MJ curses. There's, so, there's people mm-hmm. on your TV right now, they curse, but they know not to, they can't do it on TV. No, they can't. And and they see that and there, it's a little bit of like, man, I wish I was doing that. You know, when I watch, like, for example, Shannon Sharp and Stephen A. Smith, who are legacy, like, sports media, mm-hmm. now they're doing YouTube shows with Cat Williams. Right Now they're talking yep. about dating. They're talking about sex. And it's like, Watch, look at y'all coming over here. Look at y'all. Like, this is so, yeah. there's something that, like, you were so far ahead of the curve. Right. The curve is coming to you now, you know. TikTok and all this stuff, influencer culture, that's that's where you started, and that's where they're trying to get to. So, I mean, you know, it's just kind of dope. And now you're, you've written a book. Um, yes, yes. First of all, how hard is it to right. write a book? Because that yes, seems that's very good. difficult.
0: Yes, it does. It is extremely time consuming. It's extremely time consuming. As first, you got to structure your ideas, then it's the actual process of putting the book together. And then there's the, the editing reviews where you know you got multiple people going through it to tell you their input. You should change this. You should change that. So you got to go through that process. And then if you do an audible audio book, which I do recommend now because a lot of people prefer that, mm-hmm. um, then it's recording that, um, which is its own process. So it's a process. Um, I'll be honest with you and say, I didn't want to do it. When they first came to me to ask me to be open to do a book, I said no. Mm-hmm. And they came back to me a year later. And I said, yes, at that point in time, because my logic was do I really want to put this much time into something? And I'm not the biggest reader. I'm more of a YouTube video watcher, more of an audio audio book listener. And so to me, I'm like, well, I underestimated how many people value um, books. But I do think that if you're a creator of any kind, if you are a public speaker of any kind, I do think that there's benefits to having a book, even if it's a tiny book, because there is a certain level of access to PR opportunities that seem to open up when you have that book. And I have heard that before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but to experience it, I do think it helps your brand. And you don't have to go through a major publisher. It's great if you can, mm-hmm. but if that's not your path, self-publishing also can open those doors as well. Mm. Um, and also
2: like with you having been in the game this long, you had to live your life in front of your audience too so like yes what <laughs> and and like you know i think now people now that social media is ubiquitous more people we kind of know the score but back then we didn't necessarily know the score right so like you had to deal with people's like opinions on your life and their like reactions to your opinions and stuff like that what what has that been like and is it something you ever like got are you used to it now have you erected like your barriers and stuff and you're like all right i got
0: it you know I have not gotten used to things. That's not anything I've ever gotten used to. I'm an introvert, you know. And if I'm being one hundred percent one hundred percent transparent with you, I don't really care for the experience of walking out, people know my face. I don't really like that. I'm not. It's not a flattering experience for people to come up to me and want to take a picture. I'm I, honored. I've never said no. I'm always friendly, but it's not something I'm like. Ooh, that's an ego boost. I don't right. feel that. Um, and so for me. Um, I think I was a bit naive when I came into it because I didn't know it would be this popular. I was just doing a video on an ironing board, you know? (laughs) And over time, it just grew and grew. And so I feel really blessed that I've been able to build this platform and I feel very grateful for that. And no matter what discomfort I feel at times, I feel very blessed by Mm -hmm. it. But even within your blessings, you can still have areas that you're like, okay, I got to learn to deal with that part. So what I tell people is if you want to come into this whole social media digital space and you have a purpose, then you will be able to tolerate and work with the fame, the positives and the negatives of it because you're focused on the purpose. Mm. If you're coming into it only for the fame, my recommendation is that you do it in such a way where you can make a lot of money Mm. because if that thing turns out to be something that you don't like dealing with you're going to need that money to insulate yourself from some aspects of it Mm. and it can be very expensive to insulate yourself from those aspects of things so just think very carefully before you put yourself in a position to have lots of people know your face
1: yeah when was the first time Somebody recognized you like out in public because you know you just live your day-to-day life the first time somebody was like hey, I know you mm-hmm. like <laughs> like like how did you respond to that because I know it varies per person because you're just living your normal life then all of a sudden you begin to get recognized and that's not normal for most people unless you have some form an intimate relationship I went to school with you a colleague love something sure. work, something mm-hmm. but just people just just like hey I know you and you're going down your road decks and you're like i don't I don't think I know you <laughs> Right. It was,
0: it was probably about 10 or so years ago. Um, and what happened was people would come up. So I learned what, how people do it. For the most part, they don't come up screaming and saying, it's you right. sometimes. But for the most part, what they do is they say, do I know you from somewhere? And sometimes they're trying to figure out, and sometimes that's just their way in. And so when that would happen, I would be like, mm, I didn't know that that's why they were coming to me. So I was like, mm, I don't know, do you? And I'd be trying to go through, what church do you go to? Where you live? I'm trying to figure it out with them. And my mother was with me a lot because my mother helped me with my right. friend She was kind of the person behind the scenes for a long time, and so um, she finally said to me one day. I remember we were at the National Harbor outside of DC, and someone had come up to me and she said, "Are you comprehending what's happening?" I was like, "No," and she says, "People know who you are," and she's like saying it through my face, like looking at me like this. And I was like, really? She's like, yes, these people know who you are. You, you are achieving some level of fame. And so I think when that sunk in for me, I was like, wow, it was surreal. But I'll tell you where it kind of flipped it for me. Because at first it's like, oh, okay. But I think that where it kind of made me shrink inward a little bit, to be quite honest, I became more introverted as a result of it, was I remember I was living in LA. I just went to LA. So this had to have been maybe eight years ago or something like that. And I was walking down Wilshire Boulevard not too far from the Grove, and a car drove by me, man looks out the window, kind of felt a little creepy, Mm. and then he drove back around, and he's riding slow down the sidewalk right beside me, looking at me like this. I'm like, this is so scary. Am I gonna have to run? Am I gonna have to grab a stick and beat his ass? What am I gonna have to do? And so I'm like trying to go through this in my mind, and he's like, you that dude from online, right? Uh huh. And then that's when it kind of was kind of weird for me because I was like, I don't always know people's intentions right. when they're coming. And so I went into therapy. I did. I went to therapy to learn how to cope with my new reality. Right. Um, because this is a new reality mm-hmm. and like not normal, mm-hmm. not necessarily bad is not normal so I, I found a therapist I did a lot of research and I found a therapist in LA who specifically work with people who have newfound things mm-hmm. and learned how to process it learned how to make the adjustments within my own life so that I can live within this experience as a blessing rather than living in this experience as a constant challenge
2: right yeah I know um like the first few times we got recognized our places um it, it is a little startling because it's kind of like uh like you said you're trying to place like uh, did, you, did you go to school with me or whatever yeah exactly um but you know for, fortunately for us it's been mostly you know a really positive experience we had some pretty dope fans out there um I, I remember we were walking out the street looking for a restaurant one time and a guy jumped out of the front door the rest of a restaurant and goes Rod and Karen we were like
0: what, what's happening
2: <laughs> what's go, what's like, going that, that's us yes yeah but uh so like it, you know it, like you said it's really more about mentally adjusting to it because it's going to happen. i mean hopefully yeah. it's going to happen as a byproduct or whatever you do um yeah. but what about like the online interactions because i think um one especially being on the internet when when social media stuff first started i feel like it was a little everyone was naive to it good and right. bad right it was Just good and know. bad you know it's why it's why new episodes of catfish don't hit because we like oh you mm-hmm. ain't know but but the first hey. I, the first <laughs> season i was like oh there, yeah. some people out there. it but, was must watch tv yeah we're all jaded. Yes. we're all jaded now but back in the day you know like um the you you, you get the youtube comments i think also before like things got so politicized and polarized. Right, People people would check in the content a little with a little bit more like, oh, let me see what's going on on this channel as opposed to like, yeah. I already came with my preconceived notions and opinions and stuff. So like, have you experienced that change uh, over the years of the internet?
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like I've experienced over the years, people have become more vitriolic online. They, you know, there's some people where their intention when they go online and write a comment is to be hurtful towards yes. whoever they're writing that comment. That is their intention. There's nothing else within their intention. And so one of the things I've had to learn to do, because people say, well, just don't read them. How the fuck are you not going to read a comment that's under your, it just doesn't work like that, right. you know? And so I use those hidden words features a lot where mm. we have thousands of them in there. You know, it, it, people are not that creative with their insults. Right. So certain words, we just, those so we don't even see those comments. Um, you know, for my actual business, you know, anything that comes into me through email, I don't see that immediately. So that goes through um, someone who reads the emails for me. So they have permission to not send me that stuff. I don't need to see someone's feedback about that. I don't need to see that you didn't like my hair that day or you didn't like my whatever. That's not really important to me.
1: Right. Um,
0: And so I've learned to insulate myself, but also the biggest thing I could do was to talk to my friends. So I remember I had a friend who he felt it was his job. To whenever you saw a meme created about me or see anything about me, send me this. Did you see this? And so finally, what I had to tell him <laughs> was this: I said, within our friendship, I'm looking for a place of peace.
1: Right. I'm not looking.
0: To bring me the dog to bring the bone. And so, with that understood, do not ever bring me anything that you've seen about me online. If it's important enough, trust and believe I will see it, or someone within my organization will see it. You only bring to me topics that are related to our friendship because, for me, you're disturbing the sacred space of our friendship when you bring the outside. Stuff.
2: Yes, and he's and and, it, and like also, you know, because I found that too. Like, um, there's been times online where like people had something, like something we said on a podcast, a viral tweet, something, you know, and it's a bunch of strangers that I, that don't know me, and they're saying stuff that they wouldn't say to me if we were like in person, mm-hmm. and. It used to get to me really bad, but once again, it was solace in, like, friendships and relationships offline that really helped me, too. Because it was like, uh, one, the thing is, like, if something is bothering me that I've seen online and I bring it to you as a friend, that's a much safer transaction, right? Because I'm like, yo, this crazy thing happened to me. And normally that person is like, that was a crazy thing. As opposed yeah. to them being like, "Did you see what they said?" You? you know, like I don't, like I'd rather you, I'd rather <laughs> bring it to you and we can key key about it. And I think, uh, but I think a lot of people are doing that because that was what I was saying also about the vitriol on the internet. It's gotten toxic a lot uh, for like everybody.
1: Yes, you know,
2: what I mean? like it's <laughs> like like I think there was a time where it was like, well,
1: if you're famous on the internet, it's bad. Now it's just like if you on the internet, hey. it's bad. Yeah, you know? like if you if you just there and uh, Roger bought up a. A great point because, like I say, we interact very, very differently online. And over the years, I have kind of cut back how I interact online, period. And what people fail to realize, famous or not famous, unless it's a bot, the other person on the side of that post is a person. Mm -hmm. They got feelings and emotions and insecurities, all types of things flowing through their brains, and people have a tendency to forget that part sometimes. And so uh, I am very grateful for my husband because, like, and I know the fans don't mean no harm, and I'm better at it than I used to be <laughs> because words mean things to me. So yeah, we, and the thing about the Internet, when something is posted and you read it, I can't hear your tone. I don't know what your intent is like. Like, a lot of times, like, like all, uh, all, the, all that context is stripped, and I'm old. So I like to know these things. Mm-hmm. and so, you know, it would be times, and like I said, I am not as bad as I used to be. It would be times where I would literally look at Roger and I would be going off, and i am like, what the fuck? This and he'd be like, baby, 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 baby. <laughs> and on top of that, I don't be knowing the slang or none of that East shit either. So Roger would have to explain to me, this is what they meant. I'd be like, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, that's funny because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I was the person that would more than likely be the one to reply to someone, but Karen would... She'll be like, oh no, I don't reply to people. And then people are like, Oh, cause she she's more mature. She knows how to handle. I'm like, no, she's cussing at me. She's talk <laughs> she's not cussing y'all out. She I'm talk- not putting online. Yeah, she's doing all the cussing in person and y'all just don't know behind the scenes what it's like. She's mad too. <laughs> yes, cause you're human. But but I think it is you're like human. Yeah, I think it's also like a there's like a a callus you get a little bit. There's like, you know, it's like I've been here before. I think um, when I was in therapy too, I think it also helped me to see like how much people's stuff is not about you. Right. You know? So like, if you give some, this, this is a big thing on TikTok and and stuff. Now you give some advice, right. And someone's Mm -hmm. in a situation where it wouldn't apply to them specifically. And then it's like the replies, you know, it's like, Hey, I made carrot cake. And they're like, I'm allergic to carrots. It's like, i'm not I'm no longer offended by that. That is just now a like, oh, so you have some problem somewhere, and I'm sorry that that happened to you, but if for people that
0: eat carrots this is this is the recipe. you know what I mean <laughs> yes. We have to ignore you know, you. you do, and I, I I like that you mentioned about it thickens your skin and mm-hmm. to me at this point, you know and I'm sure for you both as well, when you put yourself out there for so long you will get a thicker skin after a while. And the process of thickening is not always easy. Mm -hmm. But at this point in time, I have a thicker skin. If I see something that I don't like, you know, well, my solution, delete the comment. If you you don't want it, the comment doesn't have to exist. This isn't the morning post. Everyone doesn't deserve to have their editorial on my post. And so, you know, I, you know, delete it, ignore it, whatever it may be, move on. Uh, One of the things that my therapist told me years ago, where she said, I want you to picture someone living in the most just horrible circumstances, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, whatever. Picture them sitting in that life, miserable, just, just miserable, and picture that that's the person who sat and wrote that comment to you. And I said, well, why picture that? She said, because anyone who goes out of their way to try to harm someone emotionally that they don't know, mm-hmm. you know, just because they watch it doesn't mean they know you, right? right? That they, they go out of their way to try to harm you probably is someone who is hurting in some part of their life happy people don't do that Mm -mm. so the physical manifestation of how they look and sometimes like okay well that's that's easy (laughs) enough i had to teach my nephews the same thing because they came into fame at like 17 years old right and so how to navigate that was one of the things i taught them
2: yeah and these kids now like they grew up with the internet like for me and karen like we had a good 15 20 years where it's like Oh, you're weird if you're on the computer on the internet. No one's doing hey, that. You're oh. weird.
1: What you dating no line for? Like, yeah, it, it, exactly. you couldn't perceive that those was weird things. back then.
2: Now everybody's doing it. So, like, you know, like with my niece and stuff, she's barely online. I think that's because. The, the kids, the kids are over it. Like the kids are less like they're like, uh, why would I tell the Internet that, you know, where I'm like, I like yeah. I, I feel old because I'm the one that's like,
0: oh, let's let's show them my outfits for Christmas. They're like, well, why? We got the outfits. We right here. yeah <laughs> they, They've learned to live with it and have some boundaries. I have um, one of my nephews is uh, although he has a social media presence, mm-hmm. he barely checks his page ever i said you don't check your social media he's like no because like, i do it since so the world knows i exist but like well, i don't go yeah. he completely said is like like it's fairy tale land. like it's not real right. it's like whatever i don't go out there. they really
2: be like and proof of, of life, life you know what i'm saying like they post just to be like hey guys still alive see you in six months i'm like how can you even have the discipline to do that because i'm gonna be on there scrolling and yeah. liking stuff and replying you know it's different. exactly um so also, uh, would you giving advice, like when did you realize you had a penchant for advice? Was it because other people told you the advice was good or was it like, you know, wh- were you just giving advice to your friends and they were like, man, you need to sell this shit. Like how that, how you figure it out?
0: I think, well, because I've always been very, very pragmatic, even as like a six year old, I was very pragmatic. Um, I could always kind of just cut right through to say, hey, why don't you try that? And so throughout my life, if there were two things I knew to be true about myself, I knew that I was funny, that people generally laughed at me when I spoke um, in a positive way. And I knew that people generally valued what I had to say if they asked my opinion. Mm. I didn't know that that could be turned into a business in any way, but I didn't know that, okay, you know, my thoughts come to me in that way. And, you know, I don't know what everyone's belief system is, but, you know, I was raised um, a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I believed that, and I still do believe that that is my gift. I think that your gift is the way, I always say your gift is the way that your creator embodies him or herself within you. Mm-hmm. And for me, the way that my creator embodies him or herself within me is through giving me insight that happens to be helpful for a lot of people.
2: Now, I also saw on your website that you've been endorsed by Oprah and Tabitha Brown. What like what is that? Like, how did what is that? Did you meet that, them? That stamp did of just, approval. Did you did, did did they just see you online? They were like, oh my God, y'all need to listen to this brother. Like, how how did that work?
0: Well, for Oprah, I met her at an event and she was just fabulous and was and gave me the opportunity to share my story and share my business. But Tabitha, you know how I came across Tabitha. Um, it, cause this is in no way to take away from Oprah, but I say, if there's a tap, if there's an Oprah of our generation, it's Tabitha. Tabitha. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Tabitha. I love Tabitha. I agree. And, um, my mother, this was years ago. My mother was watching Tabitha and Tabitha's brand was growing really fast, but she wasn't where she is at this time. Mm-hmm. And so my mother's like, there's this is woman online. She's, she talks about vegan food a lot. Um, you should, you should, you should watch her or have her on your platform or something like that. Cause I like her a lot. And so I didn't, I, at the time I didn't watch her. And so I looked her up and managed to find her email address online someplace. Cause at this point, Tabitha was growing, but her email was online. Mm. So I sent her an email I said, hi, my name is MJ Harris. My mother recommended you. I was very transparent. I said My mother recommended that I speak with you and see if we can film together. And she says, I know who you are. Here's my phone number. And so, um, I called her up and at the time we probably lived about 15 minutes from each other wow. just by coincidence. And she came over to my house and we um, filmed two or three videos together over the course of like the next um, couple months. And Tabitha has been an amazing, in the industry we throw around the world, friends, like, that's my friend, that's my friend. Mm. Tabitha's not someone that I call to say, how, how was your day? I mean, that's not our, our experience. But she has been someone who has been an industry sister mm. to me. And what I mean by that is that there have been times where I've been offered to do something or offered a deal. And I have no context around, am I being paid fairly? Is right. this fair? And I can call her up and I'll say, Hey, you know, just quick question for you. Is this fair? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know when you did X, Y, Z, you ain't got to tell me your exact numbers, but w- would you have accepted this? And she can tell me, well, yes, that is or consider this or consider that. Or I remember when I need to hire a lawyer years ago, cause I was growing and I needed someone to help me with reviewing contracts. Mm-hmm. She says, Oh, call this, Person. She has been she's never been a gatekeeper. What you see in Tabitha online is exactly who she is. She is that sincere, that kind, that wonderful. And um, and I just sing her praises because I can say that although when she started out, you know, my platform was bigger than hers. Now her platform is way bigger than mine. that even within that transition of experience, she has remained solid and just wonderful. To me, and I am truly grateful for her, and I celebrate her success, and I want her to become as big as humanly possible.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. man! I watched uh, we well, we used to watch Compl- uh, Complicated. I think that was the name the of the show. show on Food Network. Oh, Food Network, mm-hmm. and I loved the show. And me then too. there was like behind the scenes stuff. They was trying to change Tabitha. I was like, oh, oh. cancel! Get out of here, Food Network. We are not messing with y'all. <laughs> we not- I don't want to see nothing over there no more. <laughs> <Right>. but, <laughs> y'all don't mess with Tabitha like that. She just, she just seems to have such like a dope energy. You know what I mean? I mean? Like, and especially, I think yep. a lot of people glommed on to her because it was especially at a time where, like, so much stuff was vitriolic. So much yeah. stuff was, like, a hot take or, like, a mean thing or... Something and I, I remember like the first videos on like TikTok of her just being like, "Hey, have a good day." And people were like, "Oh yeah, I just want a good day, man. <laughs> it's COVID outside. <laughs> yes. they, they killing people. I just yeah, thank. I like, like I to share this. Somebody need to see <laughs> what is happening now. I also, I've seen your videos too, and there, and there's a very like uh, it's an energy there too. That's mm. like, but it's but it's more it's more intense. It's like. Come on, you got. This. You know the motherfuckers talking about you. Go, why you keep going down their house? i like,
1: <laughs> like, I you
0: need this too. I love that approach. I love that approach because for me, that's how I talk to myself. So what I bring to 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 viewers is my logic is this: if I've gone through it, someone else has gone through it. If I'm going through it, someone else is going through it. There's nothing new under the sun, and so I can tell you, even earlier, um, early, well, yesterday, I had woken up and. I saw an email that I didn't like. It was nothing major. It was an email that I didn't like. And I was like, oh, gosh, I had to deal with the XYZ today, whatever it was. And I literally said to myself, I was like, hold the fuck up. Hold the fuck up. You were sitting in Bangkok. Right now, visiting with your nephew's son that you have raised to be financially independent to the point where he can live in another country. You are able to travel the world. You know, your life looks like this. You're happy, blah, 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 blah. Why the fuck are you gonna let this ruin your morning? In response to Goddamn, I'm just talk- how I talk to myself as I'm brushing my teeth. I talk to myself in a way that empowers me mm-hmm. to be able to transform my mindset quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I bring that to the audience because I know that on social media, I really only have barely 15 seconds of your time to capture your attention and change your mindset. So the only way I know how to do that is I know how to do that through being very direct and in your face.
2: Yeah, and I see the like comments. I know people got to be sharing it because, because it, it really is like the kind of thing. I was like, I'm waking up this morning. I need to hear this. Appreciate you. I, I'm gonna go to the gym or whatever. You know, <laughs> 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 so, I like that energy. And then, like to translate that into to a book. Like, mm-hmm. what were the topics that you wanted to broach in the book? Uh, once again, get the fuck out of your own way. A guide to letting go of the shit that's holding you back. What were like the the, the, like when you started outlining it, what were the things you were like, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about this, I want to talk about that?
0: I was thinking initially about what are the biggest topics that have transformed my life. Mm-hmm. So learning not to be a people pleaser, learning not to be afraid of rejection, learning how to say no, excuse me, learning how to set boundaries. What were the big things that were the biggest challenges for me to overcome, but I got the greatest rewards out of actually doing it? Mm-hmm. Because again, my logic is if it affected me or is affecting me, then it's probably affecting other people. And I think that that's one of the mistakes that a lot of creators, authors, whoever make, is that they try to do content based on what they think is going to help the audience rather than doing content based on what's actually helping them. I think that if you can see yourself as your own focus group, Mm -hmm. that's a great starting point because if it touches you, it's probably going to touch somebody else. Yeah. And also I think it makes people more relatable because one of the things I think that can...
2: Uh, at least for me that turns me off from advice is the people that give advice because it's like I'm perfect and I'm going to give you some advice because I'm better than you and you need to hear this as opposed to like I'm going through the shit too guys Uh, (laughs) you know here's what worked for me you know here's what helped me out and I think that's much more relatable did you have like inspirations for like the book and for just like your general online personality
0: you know my my nephew asked me this question yesterday he's like he's like uh who Inspired you? Like who? Where did you get your persona from? Online from? And I had thought about it because I watched a ton of self help stuff growing up. You know, I I grew up in the church. So I'd I'd be watching you know uh, T D Jakes. Uh, it was, was it Joyce Myers. Like all those folks, so they came on in the morning as I was getting ready for school. You know, on like B T, they would come on in the morning. And so I would say probably the biggest inspiration for me, and I don't talk about her enough, but she did inspire me a lot. There's a woman named Joyce Meyer she's a white woman and I was watching her as a kid and what I liked about her was that she was so straightforward and so direct she was never hurtful Mm -hmm. but very very direct and straightforward and I said to myself I said if ever I were to do something like that I I had an inkling maybe that it could happen if ever I did something like that I want to be very straightforward I want how I want to be like her Mm -hmm. and I don't think that I consciously did it but in retrospect I look back and I'm like oh I kind of do embody that of just it's right there. Then I'm going gonna, gonna to be imperfect right in front of you, but we're going to get through this journey together. Right. Um,
2: did, with their, I know you've given, like, relationship advice as well with the – I don't know if you've seen – you had to have seen this. Everyone's seen this. The ubiquitousness of these, like, gender war-like skits. Like, it's mm-hmm. just – like, I can't imagine they're real because they're so – some Ridic- of them are so, so ridiculous. ridiculous, I'm sure yeah, some so are real a deal
0: at the restaurant that, that yes. was when I saw last week okay. yeah, mm-hmm.
2: stuff like that, you know, oh, uh, uh, I can't go to the cheesecake factory because that's where the poor people eat or whatever you know like um, <laughs> does that stuff like give you like inspiration to do more advice? is it are you do you just roll your eyes and laugh at it like we do do you like what are you doing with that stuff?
0: Well, you know, I watch content just like everybody else. I'm sitting up in my bed at night, scrolling on the platforms, watching everything, just like everybody else. Um, So sometimes it's entertaining um, to me. Sometimes it definitely gives me a sense of what people are experiencing and thinking about because being such an introvert you know, I need to be able to understand what people are going through. Because my day-to-day life, I talk to the same five people every week. You know, I don't really have a circle, you know, around me. So that's helpful in that way. But I think that ultimately when it comes down to it is I've never been good at, and I've tried, I've never been good at trying to give advice just on something that's trending. Because I don't think that the advice comes across as authentic for me you know and so I just kind of stick within the lane that I talk about things that are authentic to me that I've experienced or that I've had such deep conversations with people about that I'm like okay I get that experience now I think I can talk about it on your behalf so I enjoy it but it doesn't necessarily influence my content one way or the other
2: yeah I, I agree too because like with the trending stuff what I find is that people have to do a lot of projection to make it Work for them, you know. The, the Simone Bowser and her husband do like a podcast. Someone clips forty-five seconds. People spend three weeks just being. Uh, He's a narcissist. He's an abuser, and I'm like, I don't know these people. They looked happy, but I actually don't know. Right? There's other cases where people, you know, uh look unhappy and been together for seventy years. I listen. It ain't. I don't know them people. Those, those are some famous strangers. <laughs> but
0: you I, know, I did, yeah. I did one of the Simone Bowes um podcast, and I'll tell you why I chose to do it was because I see content every single day, like everybody else. Mm-hmm. But if I see something that resonates with me and I'm like, Ooh, I have my own reaction as a viewer, yes. right? But most viewers just comment in the comments and keep it moving. Well, I've got a platform. So rather than comment in the comments, I'm going to make a video about it. And so for me, when I saw that, I remember watching it and I was thinking to myself, I didn't care for the way that he spoke about it his wife in terms. Of, I didn't appreciate the way he told the story about it mm-hmm. um, at, at that time. And so I chose to do a video about it, but I, I did one on that. I did one on, um, what was it, the Kiki Palmer's yeah. um, situation mm-hmm. where my um, partner had posted what he had posted. And so I am willing to comment on things. But I have to have a personal feeling about it. And I remember doing um, probably 2020 or 2021. I At one t- point in time, I was worried about running out of topics. So mm-hmm. um, because of the pandemic, there's a lot of creative talent that was available. So I hired a woman to be my um, content producer to give me ideas about what to cover. And she would send me trending topics every Monday and I would do none of them because none of them resonated with me. And I realized right. I'm just not that type of creator. I'm not right. able to do that. But if something does resonate with me on a human level, I'll do something about it.
2: Yeah. Like, and the thing for me is like, if, if we talk about something trending, at least my goal is it talk about it like at least one level beyond just kind of like the typical things that are happening, you know? Um, Like, what I thought was interesting about the Simone Biles thing was the the way it was produced, right? Because there's an hour-long podcast or whatever, but the people that did that podcast chose to give us those two minutes for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like that, like those are the two minutes they wanted us to see, yes. right? And they knew without the rest of the context of that interview where they talk you know, about supporting each listen. other and a bunch of other shit, we're just gonna see a dude that seems like he's a little bit arrogant. You know what I mean? At best, mm-hmm. we're like and, and, uh, arrogant to a woman that we hold in extremely high esteem. So, like, like, that was the thing I peeped about it was, like, because, you know, the the content producers came out later and were like, we didn't think it would happen. And I was like, I don't know if there's a way to not think that would happen.
1: You had an hour worth of stuff you could have chopped up. You could have shared that
2: time that she had the the twisties and she couldn't perform at the Olympics. And he supported her through that and Mm -hmm. helped her get, like, her confidence back and all this. You could have shared that moment. That's a sweet moment. It wouldn't have went as viral, but it would have been right. like, "Oh man, I really like that relationship." But you didn't want us to feel like that. You want us to feel like, "Who the hell this man think he is?" And, I, and so, like, mission accomplished, right? But if if that was that's the way that I like to talk on the trending yeah. topics when we talk about like the cheesecake factory thing. We we like to break down like is the acting good you know like what's going That's on with this camera, camera angle, angle? About. you know is
0: did this really happen you
2: know <laughs> like-
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you no know, I do you know I think about is when I see content online that is produced yes. right it's, it's obviously produced and everything like that and I see people in the comments like the whole thing where they were at the dinner and, the, and they were saying that the man should pay for his yes. his friends or whatever okay so rather it's rather produced or not. People were writing in the comments, this is the skit, this is the skit. And I'm thinking, who cares a fuck this is the skit? The point of it is, there's a point that's being embodied here. Like, you know, this is not, this is, you all are not, you know, arbiters of people's acting skills. What your job is, is to watch this and find, does it resonate with you? Have you been through an experience like this? What's your opinion on this dynamic? And so, to me, I mean, I've been in social media for a long time. Yeah. You know, you do content that's going to be produced mm. in order to deliver a point. And you do content that's very raw in that mm. moment. You get both. And what I, I, how I've always thought of it is like this: is I say that I think that sometimes we hold social media creators to a very different standard uh, than we hold TV creators to. Because I'm like, yes. people will watch these reality shows. I'm not going to name them, but right. they will watch these reality shows that are hyper produced. Mm. Right. That I'm not going to say they're directly scripted, but they're very guided. And yes. everything like that, heavily edited, characterized, and everything like that. And they will sit up here and be like, "Yes, yes, yes." But then they see content online that seems a little scripted, and now they want to rip it to shreds. And I'm like, "Everything you're watching is produced to some extent because Most we all stuff. have to and educate you." Right. That
2: is a valid. That is a valid point. I hadn't thought about. I I, I do like to point that out that there's skits because. That's why I find the humor in it is to be like, cause like the decisions that were made, you know, uh, like, Oh, you started filming exactly at the second that they, no. <laughs> yeah, like, yes. cause like, you know, yeah, like, cause you know, in real, I feel like in real life, I always like, if I had to, like, if I was responsible for like recording the altercations that happened in my life so that I could put on the internet, I, I swear to God, y'all would know mine are real because I'd always start like three minutes into the fight, like, oh, man. "Hey, man, I gotta explain to y'all what happened." Well, first of all, he hit my car, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I, I never would get it perfect, but they always nope, get it perfect. Never but, get it perfect, but that is a good point. In a world where people know reality TV is basically scripted, why why do you even
0: care to script it?
2: You just want to so fight good. about the topic anyway. So right, this is how so they just introduce fight. the topic. Yeah. Oh man, that's so yeah,
0: good. I mean, it, it doesn't bother me, and I think just because I spent so long in that whole Hollywood universe mm. of things. Um, I think it's just always in my general expectation that if it's on a camera, it's produced to some extent. Yeah, right. You know, right no point. one's going to put the worst take out there. And if you did film something and it was really bad, why wouldn't you just redo that yeah. and make it something that's going to deliver the impact that you want? And so I've always been very open mm-hmm. about you know my view on that, but I get it that, you know, from a viewer perspective, what, what I've learned is that what viewers want is they don't necessarily want it to be real. They just want it. They don't want you to remind them. Yes. Not. yes. Yes. You see? Yes. I
1: mean? they, they want to live so in a the fairytale.
0: Quality, right. not the intention.
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. They want to Look, they want to fight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, just don't get in the way. Okay. All you got to do is bring up something to fight about. Who going to pay for this check? Okay. Here we go. You, this, this is what's going to happen. Like, I, that's <laughs> what it's <this> about. <laughs> Did you
0: all have on that. I'm, I'm interested. What so I have, did you all have in that
2: situation? So we have a segment on the show called Gender Wars, right? And it's, okay, we have a song and everything, and we play those like those those clips that people send us. People have sent me this clip like 50 times. All right, if y'all if you're on Instagram listening right now, don't send the DM. I I got it. We just haven't had time to cover it yet. Oh, so we have. Yeah. Missed so we time. haven't even watched it. But uh, it is it is a man that. Actually, you know, y'all want to do one live? Y'all want to do yes, a gender war live? I would like to. All right, let me pull up the music real quick. I got you. Yeah, um, games! Yay! <laughs> I like games. Uh, and then I'll go to my Instagram and see if I can find a DM.
1: We're going to war. Gender war. There's a war going on outside. Gender war. There's a war going on outside.
2: All right, let me see if I can find this. There is so, people have sent this up. Yeah, it's the first damn one. Say. You know I oh probably had seen it. you guys, y'all, y'all love this one. <laughs> 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 it's literally like my first DM. Uh, all right, let me put it on the chat. All okay. right, and I'm going to turn on the volume and see if I can get it. I see what? Oh, I guess you can't turn it down on Instagram, so it's going to be loud as hell, everybody. Just give me one second. I- to, and then I'll, I'll play just the this loud ass thing. Uh here we go. I got the birthday girl and my wife.
1: Separate separate, separate text. Sorry, you're the only man at this table. Why are we doing separate
2: text? It's all women here. No, but I'm not I'm not responsible for paying everybody. I got
0: the birthday but girl. You invited
1: everybody. You invited all of
0: us. I didn't invite you. <laughs> but I didn't sign up for that. Okay? There's nobody else doing their... you
1: participate. I know we I'm got I'm... I don't. I don't care how y'all do it. I, well,
0: I'm sorry. I Dave, but you thing. always pay, like, you're the only man at the table. You not are going to pay the tax attention. But I, I don't, I'm not obligated. I got my whole family. It's $700 for this whole table, and it's my birthday. It's the, this is your podcast, co This is only your $700. It's only fans. You being cheap. Are he you kidding seat. me right you now? You honestly being cheap right now. He OK, first No, of- if that was the case, I would have just, I would have just took you out are for my
1: birthday. Dre, are you going to let him sit here with a whole table full of women? I really feel like it's not having a possibility and when y'all get a husband.
2: I'm no. I'm married, I'm married, oh, married. I'm sorry,
1: I, I have a oh, I do have a husband no, though. Hold on no, wait a
0: minute.
2: So, Thank y'all No, so Donnie, you're good
0: because it's your birthday, but most so of y'all we're gonna trip it. No, no, I'm not paying for anything. I'm, right. not
2: paying. No. I'm not paying for anything.
0: No, I'm not paying for anything. No. I'm, I'm anything. gonna tell you tomorrow. No, no, he's a man of the pay. Can you please separate
2: separate the checkbooks? No, that's
1: what I'm saying. That's ghetto. Like you don't come to no establishment like that talking about splitting checks. <laughs> okay okay all right
2: okay that, that went further than i thought it was gonna go uh, the, now the first thing i want to say i want to give a shout out to the production i actually think this is a really good, good production. this is good production like, yeah <laughs>
1: like, I, I, I love the energy we always it brought prospect. me it brought, it brought me, me into in that i felt like moment. i was at the table with yeah. them like, yes
2: like oh wow he not paying you know um now the obvious to me i think it's obvious you don't know somebody's financial situation $700 is a relative like, uh, it's nothing that's to some note. people. It's something to me. <laughs> okay?
0: So, that's, a hard note. That's, that's a bill. Yeah. That's a bill bill.
2: Like, yeah. I, I don't know where they live. I don't know how they get down. Maybe they know more about that man's pockets than me, but I ain't never left the house assuming I can run up $700 or anything and somebody got it. I ain't, Like, like, and that's a, a, just in general with like, dinners and that type of etiquette my belief system and the way i've just been raised is if you're gonna go somewhere to spend money make sure you have enough to cover yourself just in case right it would be nice if somebody else covers it you know we've had dinners where we've covered it we've had dinners where someone covered something but i've never expected it right just because i feel like that's not fair to that person it's an assumption Correct. um so I don't like to me, I feel like everyone you might have been miffed or whatever, but everybody should have been cool with like, let me just pay for my own thing. And then like, if he want to do something nice for the birthday girl, that's that's like a yeah, nice thing. Yeah, I've, I've, they I've, turned this
1: nice thing into like a terrible thing. Yes, I've <laughs> I've been at things like that where we've done that. Everybody chip in. We go to the birthday girl covered. Everybody else covered their own bill. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like something like that, like like, like that's not an unreasonable ass. Yeah.
0: What was your take, MJ? Well, you know, for me, 92% of my viewers are women, mm-hmm. which means that, that that's reflective of the DMs I get to about all the numbers of topics. Mm-hmm. And I will say that for me personally, I have a belief that if we live in a world where we are advocating for women to be treated equally, mm-hmm. advocating for them to be paid equally, in a world where in a lot of cases, Black women specifically mm-hmm out-earn uh, um, black men um, significantly are out-educated, I think that we need to come up off of these antiquated views that just because someone has a penis between their legs that they should be providing mm. the majority of the expenses in certain circumstances. Do I think that if a man asks someone out on a date right. that he should pay? Well, maybe for that first date because he right. initiated, and I think that's nice, but I personally am of the belief that just because someone's a male, that doesn't mean that you're entitled to his pockets. Right. And I also do think that what people have to think about, because this scenario was done w- with artistic integrity, yeah. um, or art- liberties, I should say, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just scenarios that have happened in real life. Right. And I think that if I invite out people to help me celebrate my spouse's birthday, I think that it is completely um, just asinine to expect it just because I made the invite that I should pay for the whole thing. Right. I think that that makes people less after want to invite you. So what, if, if I ever part my lips to ask, do you want to come to something, that means I'm putting the bill. Mm-hmm. I just think it's, I, I you know, I I, I just... It, to me, I hear these scenarios all the time, and I'll tell you, I received a lot of criticism when I would go online and I would say things like, you know, um, ladies, it's okay. Maybe not on the first date, but right. as you start the dates, it's okay to pick up the bill every now and then. It's okay to to chip in. You know, think about, right. does he earn the same amount as you? If you earn more, he got bills too. Like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And people, oh, no, mm, I'm mm, a man, this, a man, that. And I'm like, <laughs> like. Like, it's 1952, (laughs) and it's your grandmother, but your grandmother couldn't work back then. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, of course, if he was the only one with income, he should pay, but some of y'all got master's degrees and $300,000 salaries, expecting this man who doesn't have a degree at all, and he makes $50,000 a year to pay for every bill and every date. Yeah. It makes sense. I always felt like,
2: at least, like, with the black history I know and reading this stuff, patriarchy has never really been for black people. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, like, because it's... We've never had the uh privilege luxury whatever you want to white people want to call it but we've never had that experience the women in our lives have always been forced to work either from economic hardship or literally just forced to work because we was all getting forced to work for free if you know what i'm saying uh so like we haven't really had that experience and um i do understand like the, the the idea i think Especially, like you said, with the first date especially, there's a level of like courtship and whatnot that I yeah. I totally do get. Like, especially if I ask you out somewhere, I, then it's you know I want you to feel you know unencumbered essentially. But mm-hmm. there becomes a point where it, where it is like, all right, man, I we both know where, where we at financially. We both know what to expect, it's so real. I can definitely understand that. And um, I think what messes up the equation is there's so many men um brothers especially that want the patriarchal entitlements Mm -hmm. but they don't want to then they want to split the check and it's like you can't have both right you you know
0: on that you do because i mean i do think and i told my nephews that i remember one of them um i think he had just turned 18 at the time and he was saying you know i want a woman that i can take care of and so on and so forth and and all this other stuff Uh, and i said are you sure you want that and he, and he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, I want you to picture this. What if your income changes at some point in time, and you're not able to show up in the same way financially? Are you really willing to go through what that transition looks like? Because maybe that's not what she signed up for. If you're agreeing mm-hmm. to that type of dynamic." And so what I told, what I taught them was, I said, "Choose a spouse who, even if you are showing up more financially, they are also capable of showing up." And either they can't show up financially in the same way, they can show up in other ways that are still equitable. Mm -hmm. Choose a partner, you know, Mm -hmm. so that no matter what, you both are showing up in some
1: capacities.
0: I think that that leads to a much healthier long-term arrangement.
1: I I, I agree. Uh, Me and Roger have been married 20 years, over Mm -hmm. 20 years. And the thing about it, I've been without a job. He's been without a job. I've been beside him in the hospital. He's been beside me in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's 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 not People forget about the part of the vows that is like
2: and because it's like in sickness and yeah. health. You know, like it when you're broke and you got some money. So like, because yeah. um, to make a, a sports analogy here, it's kind of like different people's games change depending on who they're playing with. I agree. Like what mm-hmm. makes you what makes you a good teammate on one, with one person might make you not the right teammate for another, but I think when mm-hmm. you sign when you sign up to be a partner, I, I love that you said that word because mm-hmm. that is that is what I think people should look for is and, a partner. And they don't they and don't, don't par- look for a partner. And a partnership can change dynamics. Like it, you know, it's like okay, so we're going through a lean time. It's the it's the salad days. We eating at home a lot right now. And then sometimes you have it, and you like we balling, we both balling though. No, it can't be not one of us is balling. Right. And, all, and also,
1: both. yeah, and also something you brought up, which a lot of people don't understand, in the process of a partnership, that means the person in the league can rotate because it's a partnership. One day yeah. you in front, yeah. Next day I'm in front. Like, like and, if you and, ever be and, somewhere and
2: something bad happened, like you you at the airport, your flight get canceled. Y'all supposed to both hop on the plane or whatever. Only one of y'all gets to freak out. That's that's how the partnerships have to work. One, one of y'all get one of y'all get to go crazy. The other person gotta adjust and be
1: like, I'll be the one to talk to the uh, to the pilot. You know, <laughs> yeah. Already <laughs> because like I say, we both have two different personalities. Or is Roger's eating something and he ordered like a steak and it wasn't what he wanted. And so if it was up to him, he would have ate the shit he didn't. I would have ate the steak. I me been fine, mm-hmm. was like, <clears throat> excuse me, sir. Yeah, <laughs>
2: and like so, I I definitely agree, and I think you know, like you see that play out. I still love I love this sketch or whatever we're yes. calling it. I love this video yeah, yeah. because because you get to talk about those things yeah. because of it. Um, and I don't I I hope to God they didn't really leave that restaurant because I was like <laughs>
1: they, uh, when y'all went out on that chat That'd have been an article where fifteen people got arrested. <laughs> The well, you, know what I do? you know what I do in
0: these in the, in the restaurant situations? Mm-hmm. Because what I've experienced is this, and I wish we stopped doing this in our community, is expecting that whoever has, whoever people believe has more financial resources at the table should be paying mm-hmm. the bill in general, because I've nice. experienced that. Mm-hmm. As time has gone along, you know, people's perceptions of he must have more money, so when the bill come over, I start looking everywhere else, mm-hmm. and it's uncomfortable right. in that moment. And there were times where people thought I had more, and I did, and there are times where they thought I had more and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so... What I learned to do is in those scenarios, um, first of all, um, when we go out to eat, if it's a big group, not like if it's a small group, if yeah. it's a bigger group, what I do is I will go, like after we've all ordered, I go to the, like, went to the restroom, and I'll go to the server and I'll say, Excuse me, um, can I play my part of the bill, please? Mm-hmm. And whoever I'm taking care of, I just go ahead and swipe in. They give me the receipt at that time, I write their tip in there. And then when the bill comes out for the overall group and everybody's putting in their cards or whatever they're waiting to put in their cards, I pull out my receipt. I said, well, I've already paid my part. So I'm just gonna put that in. So y'all can go ahead and divide up. And I pull out my phone and start scrolling on social media. I'm gonna just ice out the awkwardness Mm -hmm. because what I've learned is that One of the biggest things that affects us in the African-American community is this whole idea of what I call community entitlement. We believe that we're entitled to other people's abundance. And and that hurts us even on a family level because you're the child, you make some resources, but now mom or daddy is expecting you to take care of them. So you're depleting your future ability to build financial security for you and your family because you're using your abundance to take care of other people. And I want to break that generational curse for myself and my family. So I've taught them. And, you know, especially my boys, I've taught them, no one's entitled to your money. I don't yes. care if you want to be with them, and i are not entitled to it. You pay at the level that you're comfortable with, and you have conversations to let people know what your boundaries are.
2: Talk yes. about it. You got to be self-reliant and also get surround yourself with some self-reliant people. Like, you know, flock together, because I I know that, that vibe of, like, uh, you go out and... The end of the check comes and there everybody hands is going in a you know, oh man, like you said, the eyes won't won't match. Um but what I do is if I do plan on paying for everybody's food, I just take a bite off everybody's plate. You know, you just <laughs> you're like, oh, let's get some of that. Don't <laughs> worry, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> what you get a sandwich, you got a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Go on, cut. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, nah, that's that's really cool, man. Um MJ, we've kept you for over an hour, man. We appreciate you. Thank yes. you for uh, coming by the show. Yay! Um, definitely Um, go, go get the book. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of your own way. A uh, God to letting go of shit that's holding you back. Make sure y'all cop that everywhere that you get books. Um, And check out his YouTube channel. I mean, y'all probably already in it. We- I posted this um episode <clears throat> in December, like just a, like a placeholder like, hey, we're going to have mm-hmm. MJ on. Um, And I I logged in this morning. There were already two comments like, "Oh, can't wait." He like, and they were from December. Like, people been waiting on this episode for a minute. So thank you for coming by. Thank you, and uh, wish you much success. All right. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Until next time. I love you. I love you too. Bye, everybody.